Welcome to the Deep Program Podcast. My name is Ryan. And I'm his co-host, Germs. We both survive stays at institutions that the general public are, for the most part, oblivious of. These institutions are called programs and are designed to live up to their namesake by reprogramming your troubled teens. Most of these programs have been shut down due to unethical practices, allegations of abuse, and general neglect, but pockets of them still do exist. We're here to share our experiences and other program survivor experiences while also discussing the ethics of these questionable and controversial institutions. Not only that, but on a deeper level, this podcast will shine a spotlight on other forms of human behavior alteration, brainwashing tactics, and the psychology behind similar groups like cults and other radical organizations. So strap in, because this is The Deep Program Podcast. Welcome to The Deep Program Podcast. Says he was inducted and sent to a rehabilitation program in Jamaica. That boy has rights. We are here with our first guest. Everyone say hi to Rose. Rose in the house. Hi. (laughs) I am so happy. This has been a long time coming. We've been talking about it. Um, This is officially our sixth episode. First guest. Yeah. First guest. The first time we're trying out this, uh, doing a a live mix situation with all three of us going into the board at once. It's seeming to work out fine right now. I'm uh, happy about that as a... An audio nerd. This mm-hmm. is this is where I get my my rocks off mm. with this podcast. Well, I'm happy to be here with you too. So. I'm happy to be here as Me well. Me too, guys. Yeah, Rose <laughs> came all the way from Colorado. I did making what, moves. What city in Colorado? Um, Boulder-ish. Boulder-ish. Yeah. Nice, nice and crunchy. So you've been to Colorado. <laughs> I have still yet to go. That's somewhere that I would like to visit for sure. Oh man, it's gorgeous. That's all right. I just want to no. go back. <laughs> Maybe at some point you and I, or I mean, I would love to come down and be a part of your podcast. That Ooh, be that'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. Just make me a reason to get out there for sure. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a reason. To, there's, you, you don't need a reason to travel to Colorado, but it's nice to have one. <laughs> Hopefully weed's not the only reason. Uh, no, we got weed here. We yeah. Got weed oh here. yeah, that's true. Mushrooms would be the only reason. You guys yeah. are the first state to decriminalize mushrooms okay. and all other kinds psychedelic of psychedelic mushrooms. Too, yeah. I can see that of yeah. Colorado. I am uh, props to Colorado. You didn't put you the didn't. medicine on the market. I feel it. All right, guys. <laughs> wow, this is uh, this is awesome. Yeah, um, I've had this. So you and I have had a lot of connections too. But this is cool because this is the first like three way. <laughs> Yeah, but really. Make it weird. First three-way? Make really? it weird, bro. <laughs> you know well, how I actually, like it. Yeah, with another guy, I guess it would be, huh? <laughs> a first There's time a, for everything. There is a first wow, time for everything. Wow, I feel everything. so violated. <laughs> you wanna? You you need a safe word? You want me to tell you where where not to put hands on you? Like, yeah, let's go. I wanna make you feel there you go. Okay. uncomfortable. Pineapple. Okay, that's a good one. Pineapple is a good one. Okay. Yeah, I don't feel like that would come into play unless like you were using pineapples which is probably a bad idea to have as your yeah, safe word that could get real freaky yeah <laughs> yeah like strawberries shouldn't be your safe word if you guys are like fucking around with strawberries <laughs> 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 fucking strawberries. trying to imagine what that would look like 
it seems sticky or strawberry flavored things yeah it's very messy i never understood the whole food thing I know that some people have those fetishes where it's like, ah, oh, pour chocolate on me. It seems so I'm like, I yeah. spend a lot of money on my bed sheets. It seems gross. That just seems <laughs> really messy. Yeah. I get the wrong type of lube and I'm I'm upset. I'm just like, I'm so sticky. Dude, no. Olive oil all the way. <laughs> I was going to say nice. co- coconut oil. Yeah, It's gluten free. Natural. Yeah. Miss Rose is gluten free. <laughs> Locally sourced? <laughs> <laughs> Only yes. the organic stuff. Yes, my. Mm. <laughs> All right, we got we got to go somewhere else with this. I'm getting. Yeah, so uh, I guess we should just start off with uh, what what program did you go to? Um, I was at Cross Creek Programs in Laverkin, Utah, um, for about sixteen months. Okay, yeah, and I didn't know until earlier today, but Rose was telling me that. So it's Cross Creek Manor was for the girls specifically, right? And Mm -hmm. then it was kind of like a separate facility within the same confines. I mean, no. They just called it something different. Okay. Um, But it was the same thing. The only, like a, it was like a wall that divided the boys' side to the girls' side. So it wasn't different at all. They just, I didn't even know they called it something different until I got out. It sounds just a little more divided than we were, right? Because we were kept separate. separate um, and Yeah, we were kept separate, but they were just, the girls were in the bottom dorms and we were in the upper dorms and we weren't really allowed to communicate at all except for seminars. Right. I mean, us too, but we were like, like you couldn't even like mention the boy side as if like it existed. Oh, like, geez. So it was just totally. There was some similarity too there, I feel like. Um mm-hmm. We've been talking about that a lot, um, the isolation tactics they would use to to keep you basically agreeable, to keep you to keep you doing whatever kind of behaviors that they wanted and how isolating works so good at that. Mm-hmm. So that, pretty, that goes into the prisoner's dilemma, right? Yeah, no, we were just talking about that. So someone had brought it up a couple of weeks ago and I had uh, commented when we first started the podcast, um, they were bringing something up, and it, it made me think of the prisoner's dilemma, which is like a famous thought experiment. Uh, uh, experiment, and it's applicable to like lots of things in, in sociology and psychology. And the prisoner's dilemma is basically um, when two people, so say you've got Joe and you've got Nate, and Joe and Nate just robbed a bank, right? And they get caught, and Joe, uh, they tell him, so if you guys, if you rat out Nate, right, um, you get, we're only going to give you five years if he also rats you out, right? Or no, no, if they both rat each other out, they get 10 years. If only one rats the other one out, one gets five years, the other one gets 10 years. If both of them stay quiet, they go. They both go free in six months, right? And that's the prisoner's dilemma because they can't talk to each other. Right. It's almost like the golden deal or, or any of those. It's applicable in so many aspects of life because when you're isolated from people, you're sort of playing this game. They've even they've uh, they've made computer pr- programs to play this game in certain different ways against each other because on a larger scale, it's kind of how countries deal with each other in, in like war wartime or you know what I mean. You know, you 
continuously play this game with each other and do you retaliate? Do you, you know, continue trying to be nice to gain someone's trust? You know what I mean? But I was talking to him that the whole program was sort of built on that idea because you had to have a third. So they kept you in this isolation, you know what I mean? And you couldn't get away with doing doing anything because you were all watching each other. Mm-hmm. And you didn't know who you could trust. So you're in a constant game of the prisoner's dilemma with whoever you you were interacting with. You know what I mean? So if you and someone else knew about something, you're always afraid that they're going to drop you. You know what I mean? Drop a cat on you. Things are going to go downhill from there. Mm-hmm. So like you want to get to it first. Rat them out first, right? But really, the only way to win the game is for you guys both to shut the fuck up. Well, I think because we had a lot of that, too, with each other. But I don't know about you guys, but we at least I felt that way with my parents. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had this like idea of my parents that they would never say certain things. Um, And then when I got there, it was like I was told that my parents told them everything. And so Mm -hmm. that like. I was totally isolated from them. Yeah. Um, which is really scary because then they know everything about you. Even if they don't, Did you they guys say have, that they do. You guys had family reps? Mm-hmm. That was another wall of isolation, right? You got that barrier. Everything you want to say to your parents. Is or, trickled through like telephone. Yeah. But it's not, I mean, even my phone calls with my parents weren't really phone calls with my parents. Yeah. I mean, you're on speaker with your therapist and everything I said was really watched and we didn't get our phone calls till like two or three weeks in or something. I think you got your first one if you earned it. So two I mean, months for us. I remember that specifically. I can't. Maybe remember. it is. It's two something. Yeah. I don't know. It felt like forever. But um, by that point, you're so scared to say anything that you're just like, oh, my God, I love you. Hi. How are you? Like, it's yeah. just so fast. Well, that's that's a lot of the, the the way they work. They work that illusion on both sides. And so whether you're in in the program as a student or whether you submitted your student into the program, they're working to create the illusion mm-hmm. that they're fixing you on that end. And they're mm-hmm. working to create the illusion that they're fixing you here. Yeah. So when you do get that phone call with your parents and you're so happy to hear them because you, you know what I mean? Most people love their parents regardless of whatever bullshit decisions they make. You know what I mean? then you're, they're like, oh my God, they are, this is working. Yeah. This is obviously working. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's, again, layers of isolation and you're saying things uh, in a in a way you're almost under duress. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can't be honest with, with anybody except for yourself. And that's why this game of Prisoner's Dilemma, I think, is so interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's, and they, they tell every parent hey, they're going to manipulate you. They're going to say this. They're going to say that. Mm -hmm. So there's already like, it's against us. So if we say anything in a letter or phone call, our parents are always on like on call for knowing that my kid's going to say this. Yeah. And so when abuse happens, it's like, well, they can't figure out what's true or not. That's the interesting part is they're being as equally manipulated Mm -hmm. as you are in the program. And I thought... That's something that me and him have often talked about because me and him both have, um, you know, we both have good relationships with our families. You know what I mean? I love my dad. You know what I mean? And me and him have put so much of the old stuff behind us. Um, 
And it's almost this thing where it's like, it's, I, can, I know that for a lot of people, it can be hard to find forgiveness in their life. And I'm not saying that all parents deserve forgiveness because some people are just shitty people and you need to know when to like put the brakes on it. But, um, it, what it is something where it's like, I can see from his point of view, how someone would think like, Oh, I'm helping my kid right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause they're being sold on it. It's a, yeah. It's a manipulation and they're good at it. Right. <laughs> I mean, I think you two are like the one of the only people, survivors, I guess, I know that are still pretty okay with their parents. Cross Creekers are, there's a higher percentage of kids that don't have a relationship with them, including why, myself. Why do you think that is? Um... I'm actually not sure. Yeah, That's first, a good question. First of all, I just want to clarify too. Jeremy and I were at Horizon Academy in the middle of the desert. Mm-hmm. So we were very secluded, kind of kept in by this joke. Hamargosa Valley. Oh, I'm so excited to take a trip out there. Yeah, same. I'm looking forward to it also. But whereas Rose here, on the other hand, they were in the middle of a city. so A small little town, okay. yes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... I don't know. Did you guys get escorted? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I was living in California mm-hmm. on on the coast when when they picked me up. So that was quite the quite the drive, and the whole time in the back in handcuffs, just like, how do I bolt? How do I fucking get away from here? You know what I mean? I'm surprised you didn't get sent to Cross Creek because isn't that closer? Or no? Um. Oh, Cross Creek. Cross Creek's in Utah, right? Yeah. So no. Oh, okay. Because because <laughs> ours ours is actually what maybe an hour outside of town, right on the border. Yeah, of California and yeah. Nevada. Right oh, okay. Out by and you've got to go through Nevada to get to Utah. So. So Cross then Creek. I'm surprised I didn't go there. I mean, I was. It's like a ten hour. Well, if you're from Col- if you're from Colorado, then geographically you just have to go down to go you go to Utah. Right, but it's like ten hours. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. In a car. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they're probably probably about similar distances. Okay. Because we drove up to Colorado, um, and I'm not sure where in Colorado. Like, I'm terrible at geography. That's the one. Uh, the one area in 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 school that I always sucked at. I was always good at math. I was fucking geography, man. It's like I can't. I don't know where anything is. <laughs> I thought fucking. Puerto Rico was in South America the other day. Name all 50 really states. Wanted- Go. <laughs> is there 50 states? Yeah, I'm right there with you. See, oh, I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, bro. Count the stars. Oh, no. <laughs> well, your program was cheaper. I was going to say, too. Like, quite a bit cheaper, I think. Really? Mine was six grand a month. What does that add up to a year? That's six times 12, buddy. Over 60. That's 36. I was going to say, from my understanding, oh, yeah. I was, oh, I was no, 80 uh, grand a year is what it was to keep me there. So I think it was all 000. a little... Yeah, it was all that's, a little different. Yeah. 72,000 for you. You said 80 grand for you? Yeah, so it's not too off. Huh. Hmm. I think it huh. was case by case, too. You know, they sort of just kind of like did what they that's, had to do to get people to get their kids That's there. a way to do it. You got to... If you're dealing with those amounts of money, you got to treat it like a car salesman. These yeah. people were fucking salesmen. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm sure that if if I had someone in that room, it's like, I tell you what, we're going to knock <laughs> 10 grand off your tuition fee. Oh, Especially like, for those latecomers. You, you know like what I mean? Raw. You sound people like, like <laughs> People like me who are like, you know, 17 when they went in the program. Mm-hmm. 
probably like, look, you, you kids only got to like, you see, like, I just, we just want to make that 30 grand in this like small amount of time. We yeah. can, we can fucking milk this. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're going to. Well, I think we were all charged exactly the same. And then, I mean, I didn't even know how much that place was until I got out. And was, I realized my whole college fund was gone. Yeah. That's, yeah. I hear a lot about that. Uh, so it was to my understanding, like each school sort of like specialized in something sort of like different. Right. So like, I yeah. Mean, didn't we, you say cross creekers were like medicated nutcases? Well, I don't. Yeah. Jeremy, do you remember that? Because I, I remember that that was like what we were told about cross Creek was that was sort of like the nut house, you know, like that was where like some of the kids who were like sort of over medicated would go. Well, and you, then Jamaica was like one step further. You and me, you and me have had this conversation before where in my, in what I believe is that every program probably had those rumors about every yes, other program. I do agree. And it was another manipulation mm-hmm. tactic. Like, Oh, we'll send you over here. Yeah. And the only reason that Jamaica was like the fucking nuclear option is because you're offshore and they can keep you till what was it, 24? Um, that was no, was it 21? that's not true. Well, those 18. were the rumors, right? Those were the rumors. That's a was, rumor. that the, was, was that just a rumor? That's a I don't rumor. know. That's just, I remember them saying that. And how are we supposed to know any different? You know, There's we're just, there without the ab- ability to look at I'd up, like so. to do right. some. I'd like to do some research. There's just that. different laws in Jamaica. So the international schools were way more abusive because they could get away with more stuff. Oh, yeah. They were also cheaper. And um, mm. less regulated, icky stuff. Yeah. But we thought Horizon was a bunch of um, little kids. I thought Horizon was like, I mean, you were little, you were like a child, but mm. um, I thought they were all like little kids that were just like little, little devils brats. running around. Oh. So we were just all told different little, things little about each other. Little seven-year-old crackheads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is basically what you were. That but was just me, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but really, they're all... I mean, there's differences. I think Cross Creek was more uh, lockdown-y. I mean, we had bars. You know, it was pretty prison-like. Yeah, our prison was the desert. Right. So that that was another thing that kind of worked on your psyche was the fact that you didn't have bars. Like the the fences were plastic. They would blow down sometimes. Right. And freedom was right there. And it was like, fucking go for it. Yeah. (laughs) Try. (laughs) Yeah. There's no escape. I mean, people are like, why didn't you just try to run? It's like, well, there's I'm first of all, where are you going to go? Second of all, you're. The door. I mean, it's it's prison. You yeah. can't leave. Oh yeah. No, it's it it would it would it would be difficult. I'm sure it's been done in certain circumstances, but it would be immensely difficult. And um, I just think it's 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 just an interesting it's an interesting way to to kind of beat up on people's psyche. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's done very well. I must say, they did a really good job at doing it (laughs) i want to bring up me and him have had such i think the biggest uh one of the biggest challenges we've had with this this podcast is explaining what a program is Mm. i feel like because a lot of it takes so much to encapsulate like what it is because it's not a prison but it is a prison and it's not a boarding school but it is a boarding school Mm -hmm. it's kind of brainwashy like they're literally programming you 
You know what I mean? I was listening to a little bit of your most recent episode mm-hmm. on the way over here, and you were talking about what was it the uh, tape room or worksheets? The work, yeah, worksheets, and yes. just like having to watch those tapes. Like, well, just listen. It's just listening. Oh, okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Sorry, I, I only caught, I only caught <laughs> no, a little bit. Fine. I was trying to like brush up on my way over yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, just like you got to think about that the programming that happens there, and so hard to explain that to people that don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And I always get away with the, have you have you seen Holes? When people mm-hmm. tell me, yeah, I'm just like, it's just like this. That was hard to watch that movie, actually. <laughs> it was not, um, I watched that movie like pretty soon after I got out or around that time or so, and I was like, I can't watch this. This yeah. is too programmy really? for me. Yeah, kind of freaked me out. <laughs> um, but I think that's what's good about my podcast, at least people that have known me for a while and have heard me talk about it, but now I get to like break it down because there's so many things because there's like the rules and levels and stuff. And so that's kind of like a foundation. Mm -hmm. And then there's like the therapy part of it. And then there's the seminar part of it. And then there's the, um, the day to day stuff. And, and then there's all the brainwashing that's going into that every day. So you kind of have to just mix all that together in order to get this big picture. Yeah. And it's, it's, saying you went to a program doesn't do anything for people. Exactly. They don't get it. Exactly. It's hard to encapsulate in like, that's why we actually, so that starting sequence we do now of the back and forth, mm-hmm. that's why we do that is because most people tuning in for the first time are like, what the fuck is a program? Right. You know what I mean? So we've got to find some way to sort of like every episode catch you up to speed. Like, this is what they are. This is what they do. All right, let's fucking get on with it. You know right. what I mean? Because people say... They're like, oh, you like kind of went to juvie. And I'm like, no, I know about juvie. I would have much rather been in juvie. I would have been so happy in juvie. <laughs> so, I mean, but like after everything, like now sitting here, you still think that like you'd rather have been in juvie? I mean, I wouldn't have liked having a record. Obviously, I didn't like besides like having alcohol. Um, I really didn't break the law before I went. Yeah. I didn't do drugs before I went. I didn't, um, I went to school. Like, I didn't do those things. So having a record would have kind of sucked. Um, but they can talk, like, freely, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they can swear. There's also not active mental manipulation, emotional manipulation. Yeah, I mean, on. you take all that away. Um, it's There's not a betrayal of the parents thing. <sighs> Because in juvie, you put yourself there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, here's 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 a question. And this is one that we ask, I feel like, almost every episode to each other. And we're always keeping into account. And I think it's really great that you're on now that we get a chance to sort of feel this issue out with uh, someone else. Um, so we said when we started this that the whole point of doing this was not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Because both of us feel like that experience that we went through made us who we are in a lot of ways stronger emotionally and mentally than a lot of other people that we met that mm-hmm. didn't didn't go to a program. But at the same time, um, there's that uh, divide between causation and correlation, as in, is it that we went through some really hard shit and because of the people that we are, that's going to make us stronger no matter what? You know what I mean? Because we're dynamic people and we're changing with the things that life throws at us or is it 
that the program helped us. And I feel like there are a lot of people on both sides of the fence that like the program saved my life. It was all the program or that the programs are abusive and evil and, and that they need to be thrown out. How do you feel on this entire subject? I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Ooh, I have so much to say. <laughs> um, so I think, I mean, I didn't have a really great time before I got sent away. Like I had a lot of behavioral issues as a kid. So my life was kind of already tough. Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel like I would still kind of have all that dynamic as an adult. Um, I also think that, um, people that were sent there that had drug problems, um, did well and tend to not think that that place was abusive, which is interesting. Um, and I just really feel like I didn't need to be there. <laughs> um, so you feel like you were on, in a certain place and you, and you basically just got derailed. Yeah. I mean, my, t my life completely was put on hold. Mm -hmm. um, and I say that because when I got home, I did exactly what I would have done. I went back to the same guy. I started doing drugs, which I probably would have ended up doing anyways. Um, so I just kind of got two years taken out and had to just continue. <laughs> and so it just made like me it was a little like a late. Pause, pause button on your life, kind of? It was a pause, but it was a it was a bad pause. I mean, I feel like there was a lot of damage done in those two years. Gotcha. Um But then the other side of me makes it it's it would nice to be kind of like um ignorant about life sometimes mm -hmm. <laughs> sometimes I feel like I've seen all this dark stuff and it would be nice to not have that um, but then sometimes I think that people that don't see that are kind of boring and I don't really like to be around them um, yeah that is real catch 22 <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it, it can be difficult to, to weigh those out sometimes blue because, pill or red pill yeah, yeah. hard right. hardship makes you stronger my hard life has made me who I am and I feel like I mean it's going to yeah I'm so thankful I'm so thankful for those hard experiences. They were hard won, and I feel like uh, you know, uh, I've got I've got those battle smarts right. from, from fight fighting for it all the time. I mean, I wish I got like half of it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to have your cake and eat it too. You know? I know. What are some of the do you, Do you take any positives? Are there any 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 good things that you took took from the program or your time there? Um, I mean, the girls I was there with are huge. I'm not going to say all of them. Um, I try to keep them in my life. It's hard sometimes um, because we are like the damaged ones, mm -hmm. you know? So we struggle with relationships anyways. Um, but those friendships are very important to me. Um, but honestly, I think that's the only thing. I can I can see how you feel that way. I mean, I was ecstatic to see Ryan for the mm -hmm. first time after ten years. It's very exciting. Yeah, it's like you're like we know so much about each other. Like no one should know that much about you, mm -hmm. but when they do, it's like they like see your soul. You know, because well, you're not going to show that to people in real life usually. 
I always told Ryan too that it was amazing that it was him. That of, out of anybody that it was him that got in, in contact with me because I didn't give a shit about anyone else in there. Sorry, trust family. <laughs> I didn't give a fuck about you and your lives. You know what I mean? I didn't try and contact anybody. <laughs> I didn't try and see anybody, but I looked for him mm-hmm. on and off that entire that entire You're span. the chosen one. I know. It's pretty it's very pretty, Jewish of you. It's pretty magical. <laughs> I'm getting misty over here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, I talked when I first got out, I honestly, the program girls were the only girls I talked to. I mean, I would call them on the phone um, daily. You know what I mean? Because I felt very disconnected with everybody else because I had just done this thing and I came home and it was weird and no one really knew what happened to me. And um, I didn't, I couldn't relate to them anymore. Did you, did you finish school in the program or did you go back? High school? Yeah. I graduated high school there. Oh, you graduated. Yes. So you didn't you didn't go back. I thought it was interesting cuz I I had so I got my GED and my high school diploma. Right? I remember I, you I saying GED that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um so I went back for my senior year and I was just noting you're talking about like coming back mm-hmm. from the program. When I came back there were all these rumors about where I had been. While I was gone. Yeah, those are fun. Which were the best cuz <laughs> I was this little punk rock shithead at my school. So people were, were asking me when I started going back to school, they asked me like, hey, where have you been for the last year? Like, where did you go? Yeah. And I'd always just make up something extravagant. And it was, it was so much fun to fuck with people at my school. <laughs> so no one knew the truth? Oh, no. Eventually people figured it out. Um, there were just a bunch of rubes at my school that I love to fuck with. Did your parents tell people anything no no they're I told, pretty like they're so, pretty so uh, I, not allowed to when i got back i told everyone that i had joined i lied about my age and joined the peace corps <laughs> and they're like really and i was like yeah i rode an <laughs> elephant it was awesome just to top it off on being fucking ridiculous and it took weeks before people were like did that really happen i was like fuck no it didn't happen <laughs> wake up kid oh jeez <laughs> That would have been nice. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I would have much rather ridden an elephant. As as Ryan knows, I'm a professional dick, and I really do enjoy um, just messing with people and experimenting in pe- on people socially. It's an art, it's an art form, <laughs> mm-hmm. really. Yeah, I know that there was some level of uh, my parents were ashamed for a little bit. Um, they they didn't really want to tell people where I had gone. Uh, which, you know, eventually they got over it. And, uh, but I know Rose, you have, uh, an interesting <laughs> story about that, right? Ew, so, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so where were you allegedly? Um, so, well, when I first got back, there was a few rumors that I heard. Um, one of them was that I got, um, impregnated and got sent to an unwed motherly home. Oh geez. I'm um, sure those are, those are frequent. Yes. For, for the girls. For women. Side. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, rehab in Florida. Um, and then my parents told some of my friends that I died. Oh, so, <laughs> so there was a, a rumor one. that my parents killed me and, I was like still in the basement. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So when I came home, it was like people were seeing a ghost. I mean, it was like, I went back to my old high school just to like walk the halls. And, um, some of the kids that were younger were like, Oh my God, you're alive. Like she was like, we had a drink for you at every party. Like we seriously thought you were gone. And that's exactly where, where, where you and I would have differed. I would have been 
wearing fucking white pasty <laughs> makeup everywhere I went and fucking standing outside yeah. friends windows in the dark in the middle of the night <laughs> but see I didn't know that until they told me so they just were like I didn't have any my parents told me that no one asked about me and that no one came by the house no of course um, I'm, I'm, I'm only joking no I know but I was like wait my parents said what and you know my mom probably denies that but yeah that's um that's a strong thing to say. That's quite a way to go about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my mom would just like, she died and then hung up the phone. Oh, jeez. So. Wow. Good old mom. So you talked about um, the girls from the program. So they've been a big support system for you? Um, yes and no. Okay. Um, I, let's see. I've actually done, when I first got out, I did a lot of drugs with program girls. Um, and just being friends with them is hard. It's like harder than a normal friendship. See, yeah, because they can understand where you're coming from, but mm-hmm. there is a lot of intense feelings there also. So Yeah, and like insecurities and um, yeah, I feel like our fights, like hurt me more you know because i'm like more attached to them um and so it hurts a thousand times worse when we argue or whatever who would you say is your biggest support system since you've been home or through all of it um like right now or just ever um sure right now um my boss that's cool. I know. She's like my mom. She saves me. <laughs> she teaches me stuff that my mom never wanted to. Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like... Adult I've, stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I've gained that natural ability as well to sort of like befriend people as my own family. Mm-hmm. Oh, she is my... Like, I spend the holidays with her. Like, she's my mom. That's cool. Um, And she's... Like, it's like little thing. Like she'll teach me about like taxes. You know what I mean? Like, because I missed a ton of uh, transitional stuff to be an adult. You know, I didn't get those years. So, learning how to do those little things, she'll like, I'll like call her and be like, "How do you do this? <laughs> Help me! I need a mom." Um. So yeah, she's. She's the best. It brings me joy that you were able to find that from. I know she's. I like somebody who was willing to offer it. She's like, I don't even. Yeah, I just I get all weepy when I talk about her because I love her. But she's way better than my mom. Yeah. Do you wanna Do you wanna talk about that a little bit? I mean, your your situation was a little different from mine um, as far as like your family goes. I'm I'm interested in that as well because as I said, I'm sort of uh, playing catch up. I basically I listened to the first episode in the car <laughs> this morning. Like I said, uh, I've just I'm so busy. It's it's amazing that I'm even like m- able to spend as much time with this project as I want to. But I listened to the first episode in the car. And I listened to uh, the start of the most recent mm-hmm. episode on the way here. So, which I don't really, I don't really get into my parents' stuff. Gotcha. Because it yeah, seemed like I you haven't. were talking about about them a lot in the first episode, as far as like your relationship with them. Before, and I yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I didn't know know where it went, but 
If you want to get into any of that, if you don't, we don't have to talk um, about it. Um, I mean, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> do you so do you feel like their choice to send you to the program was <clears throat> What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh genuine? Um Um, I feel like I'm sure they really did think that I needed something. Um, but being an adult myself now, I'm not a mom, but, um, I, I, you can, when you get older, you kind of like notice your parents as people, right? And you're just like, oh, okay. Like, you know, totally. Um, I don't like them as people. It I, is. I notice things that they do that I, I just, um, I don't like how they interact with people and I don't like how they worry about everything. And there, there's so many things about them that, um, well, I mean, when we're kids, we start out and our parents seem sort of infallible, right? They're cause they're bigger than us and they're smarter than us when we're little, little, um, you know, not me. Not you? Um, I've always not liked them. And I always attributed it to being a kid. Mm. And just being... And everyone was like, oh, no one ever likes their parents, you mm. know, until you get older. Um, but I really didn't like them. I mean, it was like... I mean, they thought I was like the devil child because I was just... I didn't Are you an like o- them at all. Are you an only child or do you have brothers and sisters? I have an older sister who I also don't like. Oh, um, <laughs> I like don't know where I came from. Black sheep of the family here. I know. It's totally okay. You know what I mean? People, I, and I tell people this all the time. Um, I feel like a lot of people think that they have to have this thing going on with their, their blood relatives. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this the other day. You know that phrase, what is it? Um, blood is thicker, thicker than water. Yeah. Yeah. The blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. People mm-hmm. always get it backwards. Right. Um, I... Yeah, I just don't... I mean, they didn't do a lot of good things as a kid. And then so when I was a teenager, obviously it was heightened. um, And they were very dramatic about everything that I was doing. And it was just the worst. And my mom was suicidal because she couldn't even deal. And I'm like, that's all just... I think it's all bullshit. You know, teenagers are just... Teenager, you know, it's just... Nothing I was doing was like that crazy that's the weird thing about parents too is they're just people mm-hmm. you know what i mean and once you get older and you're like oh there's a high percentage of people that just fucking suck mm-hmm. and you they happen I mean? to not use a condom and have kids yeah just roll a roll a roll a roll of the dice just like it's a roll of the dice a roll of the dice where you get born you know what i mean mm-hmm. roll the dice who you get born to and they yeah. could be awesome they could be awful and my parents were great parents to my sister Mm -hmm. um she had a very different experience of them which is fine um she's also a lot more like them and also oh how do i put this um less interesting yeah (laughs) i mean i've definitely got a lot more stuff going on I, i i feel that i feel like um there's a high percentage of basic bitches out there. 
again. I'm not one of them. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's 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 one of those things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm a better adult than she is. Gotcha. I'm maybe like five percent basic bitch. I'll admit to that. <laughs> just just a little He's measly. The most just basic a bitch here. Measly five percent, but you know I can account for that. But that's about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. me and my sister were the uh, only two blood rel- uh, blood blood. Uh, we both have an older half brother and um, younger half siblings, but we were the we were the fucking weird brood. Neither neither of us got a basic bone in our fucking body. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you are a weirdo. Uh, <laughs> it's better that way, though. Honestly. So, um, do you feel like you've been able to use their example to create a better life for yourself in any um, way? Um, yeah. I mean, I definitely um try to not be like them as much as I can. Um, if I had a kid, I would almost know what to do so that I wouldn't do what they did. Um. And just a lot of personality stuff that I see sometimes with my mom, I notice it in myself, and I'm like, "Ooh, I don't like that. I no, I can't be like that because it's a ve- she's a very intense person, and it's always very heightened. And like the woman's gonna die of stress. I think it's really important to acknowledge. Um, I mean, especially uh, especially if 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 you're seeing traits in your parents, um, you know that you you don't like. I think it's really good to acknowledge. The fact that you know you can exhibit some of those traits, mm-hmm. and to be able to get over that, me and him have talked a lot about. Um, I went through some heavy shit a couple of years ago and had to like rethink my entire way of going about my life, and a lot of it was my mom's manic depressive, and she won't go see. She's never went and seen a doctor about it, um, and I had to you know finally come to terms with the fact that like oh I'm that's what I got. Yeah. I got that. I got that from my mom. Mm-hmm. And if I don't like acknowledge it and like take some steps to work with it, then I'm going to destroy all of my relationships. Yeah. You know? I mean, I if I turned out like my mom, it would I mean, I don't think I would have friends or <laughs> and I, anything. I think that's that's the thing is I think sometimes you get dealt a lot of the same genetic cards that your parents did. Mm-hmm. But like you get the chance to sort of change it yeah like you you're you're presented with a choice Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i think what makes some people upset about their parents so much is they watch them like you have the choice to like stop this yeah you know what i mean and and you get that choice as well Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i think uh i think it might be a little different in ryan's situation because i don't think he's like loves his parents well he's not Go ahead. Well, I'm adopted. Is that what you were getting at? Yeah, yeah. So I don't really know my uh, lineage or my Mm -hmm. the things that I have been graced with. Which is which is no no different, really. Just just those genetic, a lot of those chemical and genetic things. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Sometimes you get a window into that with you know. We have 23 and me now. You know, I'm totally accountable. I could send my spit in and get it, bro. Oh my god! Yes. I wonder how how uh, what percentage of Mongolian you have in. Probably 50. You know that one third of all Asian peoples are directly related to Genghis Khan? That motherfucker raped so much. It happens. That's dude. what happens when you rape people. Dude, crazy, mm-hmm. a crazy amount. Maybe I'm a, <laughs> maybe I'm a Genghis Khan baby. Most oh, dear. Ha- most people have a little bit of Mongolian just because of that. <laughs> yep. Check it out. Well, I actually like... Um, 
I like my heritage. So I, it's not that I hate everything about my family also, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you could have come from a long line of awesome assholes and then just like for some reason it skipped a generation and you were just born into some like fucks on that family tree. You never know. Well, it's interesting because both my parents um, had very similar upbringings. Mm-hmm. One's Jewish, one's Italian. They're mm-hmm. both from the East Coast. Um, super funny. We like to eat a lot. You know, we're loud. I'm seeing it. We get it. mad, right? I'm seeing it now. I know. <laughs> it's coming out. Um you know, when I get mad, my, like, a New York accent just, like, comes out. I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> and so I like those things, and I feel more like that. And then my parents both decided before they met that they were not going to be like their family. Um, and both of them became hippies and, like, moved to Boulder and, like, you know. Um, my dad also was in a, like, a hippie cult when I was young um, which is interesting because he was Ooh. very drawn by Cross Creek if, and the whole cult thing yeah mm. if if not, since we're touching on that subject deprogrammed and what we originally had talked about was it branching um, this podcast way past just programs in general mm-hmm. and other going into other because I was also I was raised in a cult my parents were Jehovah's Witnesses mm-hmm um, and getting into other mind-altering organizations. So, if you want to pontificate on whatever your 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 dad was was going through, we'd love to hear about it. Yeah, um, I mean, only what I know. It's kind of a thing that they don't talk about. <laughs> um, what but was I've the name of the cult. You know, it was called the Emen. The Emen. Um, and it was around the time where those were kind of popular, you know, like I was born in the late eighties. Um, and it was like hippies that wanted to like do new stuff. And my dad was never home. Like my mom was pretty much by herself a lot because my dad would go to work and then he would do Eamon stuff. Um, and I don't really know like what happened there. Um, Lots of crystal stuff like that, which is not culty, but um, it was like he wasn't at home with his family because he was doing Eamon stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, all of our friends were orgies. only the Eamon people. Like I was <laughs> friends with the little other Eamon kids. I feel like all cults start start with just somebody wanting to get someone else into an orgy. It's like, how, do I, <laughs> how do I build orgy fodder cults? Yeah. Perfect. I mean, it's. How do you think this started? Oh, yeah. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Um, What are you talking about? Ryan's a beautiful man. (laughs) Oh, I just realized I'm in that picture, too. Uh, (laughs) Sometimes I catch myself, like, like hopping in the shower, and I look back, and I see myself at that angle. I'm just like, why does anyone fuck you? (laughs) (laughs) Story of my life. Um, So, yeah, I don't. I feel like I tried to look up the Eamon and I just, I almost didn't want to like go there. But I, I remember going to meetings with them and I was just too young to understand what was going on. But I'm my interested. mom was so upset that I was out till late, you know. What would you think about, um, what would you think about doing another episode with us um, probably tomorrow? Okay. I'm thinking about doing a second one. Since you're here, yeah, might as well have you on again. I would love to check out. 
if you're cool with like researching that a little bit and <laughs> okay. just checking it out, bringing it to light, that'd be a fun thing. Ooh, to, creepy! To, I'm yeah. sure my dad will love that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound like you're 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 on the road to please him as it is. So. I'm really not. I don't care about doing that anymore. I mean, I'm t- like I said, I, I have a really close relationship with my father. We put a lot of things uh, in the past, but. I keep everything as honest on here as possible. So I'm sure there's mm-hmm. some things that if he was listening to me talk about, which I'm sure he doesn't take the time to listen to the podcast. But if he does, I'm usually like, sorry, dad, but this is fucked. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I mean, I'm never going to please him. I'm not married. So it's all good. Hmm. How old are you, Rose? I just turned 32. Woo! <laughs> nice. <laughs> We're all entering into our 30s, except for you. you oh, God, kid. it's How not fun. How old are fun. you, Jeremy? Yeah, remind me. I just turned 29. Okay. I've got one oh year God. left. I'm holding on to it with both hands. Everyone says, like, oh, my God, you look so great for your age. I'm like, yeah, being locked up is does wonders for your skin. No sun. Oh, jeez. <laughs> do you feel like... Uh, how do you feel like um, you've come out the other, uh, the other side through all of it? Do you feel like you've... Um, found yourself in a good spot in life and um do you feel like you still have trauma do you feel like you've healed from a lot of it do you feel like you've grown from any of it i mean obviously you're always gonna grow (laughs) um i had like 10 years of horribleness that i don't remember um i mean i do remember but um i was high most of that time Mm. um cheers to that yeah um and like not like like some of it was fun high but some of it was like smoking crack in my bedroom by myself you know cheers to that Uh, yeah (laughs) Yeah. um i think we've all been down that road yeah just lots of like crying and bad relationships are kind of my my thing um just lots of depression and like just horribleness um and so it's taken me a lot of time, but I pretty much have my shit together. I mean, for the most part, you know, mm-hmm. but it took me a long time. And everyone says like, oh, you look so like, you look fine. You know, it's like, well, you didn't see me when I was strung out on my bathroom floor. Oh, you yeah. Know? When I was, uh, this was after I got out of the program, I was probably 19. It was when I was doing heroin. So I've gone to those back and forth, those places on and off. And mm-hmm. me and him have kind of talked about my two steps backward, three steps forward sort of approach at getting to where I am. But uh, I remember I was in a grocery store and a perfect stranger came up to me and said, you need to fucking get off drugs. (laughs) I was like, what the fuck? Oh my God, that's amazing. My face, just my face. (laughs) I mean, we're just, it's just like a sweaty look. I had flat hair, not cute. I had Um, scabs all over the place. Yeah. Fucking abscesses happening and shit. Yeah. Shooting up's no good. No. (laughs) Um, But that's not to say, I mean, I go to therapy quite a bit. Um, My therapist actually, um, her younger sister was at Provo Canyon. So she knows me, you know, because her wasp facilities have affected her too. Gotcha. So. That must be nice. It must be a good outlet. Oh, it's so nice. I didn't spend like so much money and hours trying to explain what it was, you know? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. The explaining again is hard. It's a difficult thing. Yeah. And that's why I think these podcasts are awesome. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause a lot of people don't know that this is a thing mm-hmm. 
And the less the less people know and the less these things are in the public eye, the more of a chance that they'll just start sprouting up mm-hmm. again. And and the WWASP umbrella might be down, but mark my words, there are still places like this out there. Right. I'm sure. I'm not sure which ones are active right now. No, there is. Yeah, there's got to be. I don't think any kid should get sent away yeah. for anything. It's it's the rule it's the rule 34 of manipulation. As long as there are kids to be programmed, people will program them. I know. They shouldn't have kids. <laughs> yeah, it's I it's, don't know how you guys feel, but I just don't I think sending kids away is um just in that act alone it's is a, very traumatizing. It's 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 a hard one. Um I think the way that I've I've learned to come to see it is again those people are just people that have made as many mistakes and are, have as many weaknesses as I do. And seeing that they were being manipulated as well, I can find forgiveness in my heart for that. Right. Um, just for the fact that, dude, we're all fucking trying our best here. You know right. what I mean? And I've got more shit with my parents that goes past, past beyond the program that I've put to bed with them just because forgiveness is just a healing river mm-hmm. and it's going to be good for you and it's going to be good for everybody. And it's, and it's good to just put yourself in those shoes and wonder, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to have dealt with me either. I was right. Fucking... I mean, I wouldn't have either, but my relationship with my parents ended because of things after the program. Yeah. Right. It was everything that kind of added up. It wasn't just because they sent me away. Gotcha. So, gotcha. But <laughs> and some people, yeah, again, some people shouldn't be forgiven. You know what I mean? So right. I feel like sometimes you get bit, you get bit, you get, you know, you keep burning your hand on the stove. You need to distance yourself from some certain people to make healthy pathways in your life. And it's not mm-hmm. about, again, not about the, the, just the forgiveness aspect of it. You can forgive somebody and, and choose to not be in their life. Right. You know what I mean? And I wish them well, yeah. you know, um, but my, I, I mean, my mood has been better. My stress level has been better. My health has been better um, since I cut that off. So yeah, sometimes you need it. I yeah. feel like that's a that's a thing that it's everyone's call. You know. Mm-hmm. We have the cho- you have the power to choose. <laughs> yeah. As the moose would say. So you do you do therapy now currently? Oh yeah. Okay. A w- lot. Would you say that that is a an outlet worth exploring for anybody in our position? Um, well, that's interesting because I was, had such a skewed feeling on therapy after the program because there was so much bad therapy there, um, that I was very scared to go into therapy. Um, cause they do so much attack therapy at Cross Creek that it was like, I was so scared to go in there and get blamed for everything again. Um, and so it took me years and years and years to actually go see somebody, but she has helped more than, more than I thought. Yeah. That's sort of where I'm at right now. The only thing holding me back is sort of like finances, being able to like actually fund. Yes. And my therapy is not cheap at all. I mean, I do my taxes, I get to write it off and I mean, we're talking like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, but I wouldn't be alive. So I'll it's tell you that. In a way, priceless. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was seeing her. I think when I first started her, I was seeing her once a week because I was so suicidal, and so now I'm down to like once a month. 
Okay. So anybody out there thinking about going to therapy, you would definitely recommend just, just get out there and do it. Find a way to make it happen. Just try it. Yeah. But also you have to find the right person. So if you go in with someone the first time you'll know, you know, like my first time with her, I was like, this is, you know, and actually a cross creeker suggested her because of the whole connection. Um, but I think seeing a therapist that doesn't, that you don't jive with is a waste of money too. So you just have to find the right person. So it's kind of research and trying them out and not feeling bad for not liking them. (laughs) I'm interested in your input on alternatives. So something that I'm interested in sort of getting from, you know, all of our guests here is, you know, what do you feel like would have been an appropriate alternative to being sent away to Cross Creek? Do you think that, like, what what would be your best idea? Because that's something I personally struggle with coming up with myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know, but I want to find out, you yeah. know? So I, do you have any input on that? Um, so that's actually, like, the number one question I get asked by my clients that are parents that have kids that are kind of troubled, I guess, if you want. I don't like saying that. But um, they're like, you know, what do you think your parents should have done? And it's so hard for me to answer that because my problem started when I was really young. Um, My mom said to me in therapy once that I was not sent away for what I was doing, but for who I was. Hmm. So Hmm. I wasn't going to change who I was. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just the whole, I feel like mine was so situational, like... If I was with a different family, it would have been completely different. Um, And I would have grown up differently so that those teenage years weren't so horrible. Um, But I think, honestly, I feel like if my parents weren't scared of me, because they were very scared of me, um, if they just were the parent and sat me down and said, hey, this is not going to work out you can't do this or else like we have to figure out a different living situation like something like that if they just <coughs> would have talked to me because th- my parents didn't talk to me my parents didn't set rules with me there was um there was no ru- they were they weren't there was no talking about anything in my house and then i was just gone lack of communication oh yeah yeah i'm sorry i'm sort of starting to get that from I think that's one of the most difficult things that we struggle with as a species. Mm-hmm. And like you're a parent, talk to your kids. Like that's your job. Hmm. If you want to have kids, you just got to like suck it up. And it's difficult. Everyone's got their, everyone's got like different situations too. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I have a daughter and she doesn't live in the state with me so it's really hard to 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 keep up and keep in touch you know what i mean she's being raised by another family so oh wow it can be difficult you know what i mean so again it's it's hard to to see anything from anyone anyone's shoes but i think um it's just a difficult thing being a human being in general mm-hmm. you know what i mean and um language is just not built to to communicate mm-hmm. effectively and you know, it's the best we can do right now mm-hmm. you know what i mean but Someday we're all plugging into the net. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) But yeah, I think parents need to start that really early because you can't just start that when problems come up. 
you know, you got to start it when they're young so that it's not icky and scary and weird and uncomfortable. Um, Because I would have tantrums and my parents wouldn't talk to me and they would just lock me in my room for hours. So, you know, it's the same thing. (laughs) You say your parents were scared of you. Mm -hmm. In what way, like physically they were? Um, Yeah. I mean, I was pretty physical with my mom growing up. Um, And, you know, I can say really mean things. Um, I meant most of them, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I hit my mom a few times. Um, I like slammed her hands in the door, <laughs> stuff like that do you when feel, I would be angry. Do you what? feel like you learned that behavior from, from them or from somewhere or did it just naturally bubble up? Yeah, out I was going to ask the same thing. Was any violence ever applied towards you? Um, I think the violence first came from me. Um, I had so much like anger in my body. Like I could feel when I got mad, like that anger was like, like uncontrollable. Um, and my parents didn't know what to do with that. And so I would be locked in my room and I would tear my entire room apart and I would smash everything. My mattress would be like, you know, across the room as like a four year old. Um, and then, you know, my dad being very Italian was like, we're not, he, but he was in this cult, right? So he was like, we're not going to yell in the house. We're going to be very calm. We're going to sage the house. It's going to be fine. And then he couldn't take it anymore and he would blow up and he would chase me and throw me in a cold shower. Um, Damn. So, because he would just get so mad, you know? And then I wouldn't let him look at me. So it was just like, um, but I think I started that violence just because I was, I didn't know how to like, express how much I didn't like them and I didn't want them near me. Oh yeah, as a child it can be hard to hard to know when you can't communicate and I feel like that's a lot of the problem with with communication is is when you can't communicate oftentimes that seems like the only solution. So mm-hmm. especially like before you have those skills can definitely right. go that way. Yeah. And my I parents was, didn't see me. They were mm-hmm. just like you know I actually had the the opposite situation in my before I went to Horizon. I spent me and my dad had a really strained relationship, and I was on and off living on the streets because he would kick me out. And mm-hmm. I was really self sufficient. I was a you know, anarcho punk hippie kid, so I'd just sleep on the beach or whatever. But um, we did get into some altercations where um, you know what I mean. We would get get physical with each other, and a lot of that was 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 brought from that end. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know shit happens and I can see how how he would go there and why he would go there you know and there's no hard feelings about it anymore but right. it's interesting to hear about it from the opposite end right because I didn't I mean yeah I didn't know about I was too young to know I mean what do you know it for unless you unless you're being abused yourself um and it just came from like inside and I never get that feeling unless I speak to my parents. Yeah. Like no one else brings that out of me. I'm not violent with any, like I'm not, you know, I'm just, I mean, look at me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't do that. So, but if I speak, if I just like hear them, it's just like, it just brings out a very dark, the darkness. Yeah. Triggers you. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not an expert, but I just sort of think that, you know, like maybe even on a biological level, it just seems like violence 
is a, a byproduct of anger, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have this conversation with 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 people a lot. I like to examine these on um, on like a on, a on a bigger scale because this is actually a lot of what I write music about. And I feel like a lot of bands or a lot of musicians have s- most of their songs are love songs, and I usually like to find like topics, like um, or like feelings like this that usually are really hard to emote through anything else. And I actually did write a song about violence sort of being inherent. You know what I mean? Because nature is violent and nature is cruel and nature doesn't give a fuck about you. And it took thousands and thousands of people killing each other and fucking each other just for us to get here. You know what I mean? So it's, it is, it is, um, I mean, not something I advocate, but I feel like uh, people like to ignore their primitive natures because it's, it's in you. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. is a thing that is there for a purpose and it got you here, you know? Mm-hmm. What it comes down to for me is being able to recognize that, just like you said, mm-hmm. and changing it. That's the only yeah. That's the only way you can you can. That's why it's so awesome to be human because we're one of the only people that can see those things in ourselves and then like sidestep them. You know what I mean? Same way that I was talking about genetically with with my mom. You know what I mean? Realizing that I had that that those chemical issues, and like once you see it and you acknowledge it, you know like. I'm going to avoid that and we got to find a way, you know what I mean? Got to find a way to deal with this thing. But again, why we have a society where we're just not like fucking, you know, off the rails (laughs) is because we've sidestepped that. We've sidestepped a lot of our nature, you know what I mean? Uh, In some good ways, in some bad ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think it's always nice to keep in mind that you're, you're an animal you know what I mean? That you're not just this human being. You're you're a, a a living, breathing bag of chemicals that you know were evolved to get here. You know what I mean? And your body's more used to fucking running away from lions and and chasing down wildebeest than it is you know computers and technology and society. You know what I mean? That's just super recent. You know what I mean? So it helps you keep an eye on why you behave the way you behave if you keep an eye on your animal instincts. And you either tame or satiate them in whatever ways you need to do. Well, Rose, as I listen to you talk uh, about what you've been through, uh, I hear some differences, but at the same time, I'm also feeling like I can relate to some of the things that you're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I mean, I... I don't know about you, Jeremy, but I remember having those, you know, violent feelings too, mm-hmm. being really young and just not knowing how to express it. You know, I remember biting down on things just super hard just because Ooh, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know. It was punk, punk rock for me, man. Punk rock. Ever, uh, but I'm talking like, did you feel like, I'm talking like grade school. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Listening you know, to punk rock. That no, no. What I what, <laughs> what I'm saying what I'm saying is that's that's where I found my outlet for that. Same. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is is I had those feelings bottled up for a long time, and that's what spoke to me. You know what I mean? And I was able to express it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was able to feel that in a in a in a in a healthy or I what what I would call a healthy way interacting with others that felt the same way. You know what I mean? But yeah, that I don't think my ways were healthy. That's probably. I think my outlets became I can't say all of it I can't say all of it was healthy. No. You know what I mean? And definitely like punk rock comes with 
drinking and drugs and fucking like a whole lot of other stuff. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But that was how I, that was what encapsulated it for me. And I was able to, to able to bottle it over there. Right. There is a community with that scene though too. And that's what I really connected with. Me, me as well. As and that's how me and you connected as mm-hmm. well when we first, when we first met. So I was 17, he was 13 Oh, and he was man. the only friend. He was the only friend. <laughs> he's the only friend I could make in there because we were just just both understood un- understood punk rock at its core level. I mean, you could you guys could talk about music back home. Oh, definitely. You mean at the program? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there was like a lot. Di- there was it was Gray discouraged. It was, Any off task talking was sort of discouraged. But well, you know. I mean, it was hard to talk to people at all. You right. Know what well, I mean? right. You need to get a third. You know. But <laughs> right. like when we did get to talk talk with each other, I mean, I remember at the time both of us were super into the ska core scene. So leftover crack and choking victim and all these really crusty ska core bands. Like we just immediately connected over. And I and I saw you from the get go. I was like, oh, this is my peoples. See, we would have gotten a uh, glorifying category. So yeah. you can't talk about stuff back home like I'm sure that. We got like some excited cats. like that. It's only in I'm therapy. sure we got some cats for it. <laughs> I'm in fact, I got sent to worksheets because of glorifying back home stuff. I'm absolutely certain that we got we got disciplined for it, but <laughs> doesn't mean it didn't happen. Now that you I know. now that you say the term glorifying too, it's all coming back to me like mm-hmm. some some woman dorm parent getting real upset about some people glorifying yeah or we would all um so i mean i'm sure you guys did this because boys will be boys but um we had this one deodorant that would come like an inventory Mm. and because they would just kind of give you whatever and there was one deodorant that smelled like boy Mm-hmm. And we would all sit there and smell this deodorant, like, oh, and just the memories would come back. You know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, I forgot what you guys smell like. <laughs> you know, like that's it's so it's so cozy. Again, again, and we got in so much trouble. <laughs> again, your 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 primitive nature coming out. You know what I mean? People like to take for granted how important uh, pheromones are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean to us, and how how genetically uh, uh, built we are to gravitate towards one another. Yeah. You know, and it's not even like fully um, sexual. Like I was a very promiscuous girl. Yeah. And I got sent and honestly, sex was like the last thing I thought about. I just wanted to go home, but I missed how you guys smelt. Definitely. I think that even, you know what I mean? People of, uh, of, you know, different sexual orientations still want, you know what I mean? Like the other, you know, the other sex around as friends or whatever. It's just part of the human experience. We've got this whole uh, array, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, of different people. And, and we're a social animal, you know what I mean? We're like one big collective creature. So like we want each other around, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So your body craves that. And then the only time we got with boys was very abusive because it was in seminars well i tell i tell people all the time um that if you get in a and this is obviously like we're not talking sexually here but if you get in a relationship with someone and you don't like their stank it's not gonna work yes and it's, it's not like gonna fucking work yeah if you don't um if your pheromones like don't like each other well specifically um they've done tests on that and they've realized that what you're craving is pheromones that are different than yours. Yep, which make better babies. Yep, pheromones <laughs> that are different than yours are genetically what you don't have. 
Mm-hmm. So you're getting farther away from your gene pool mm-hmm. and you're going to make better babies. It's so true. Biologically, you like crave that person's sperm. Isn't it such a weird trick <laughs> that nature is always playing on us? It's, it's always like, right. Fuck, yeah. Continue, continue. Just persist. Which is horrible because men that I'm super attracted to are like horrible people. I don't know what that says about me. That's, that's a bummer, but I, I'm, I'm sure that there are some good ones out there. You know what I mean? Uh, but like they're usually the fr- like, like bad, hmm. bad guys. Maybe it's, maybe it's not just a pheromonal thing. Maybe you, uh, and I'm not going to, you know, put any predetermined judgments on you, but <laughs> you know, I know that I gravitated toward crazy bitches for like the first 10 years of my relationships. Mm-hmm. I've only just now started to calm down and that, as I've realized some of the behaviors of myself right. have found people that are better for me. Um, you know, maybe maybe that's a behavior that mentally, because a lot of girls are drawn to assholes. You know what I mean? And again, that's another evolutionary thing because an asshole is, you know, that sends the message of I'm big, I'm strong, I'm going to protect you. Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah. hard to sidestep that. I like the I like being a little bit of both. I like being being a nice guy when and being reasonable, but at the same time, like when you want the fucking asshole, the fucking asshole is here. I there's, think there's a balance there for you guys that y'all need to learn. I talk to my girlfriend about this all the time. I fucking love confrontation, and I I I hate <laughs> that I love it so much. But not just like confrontation with people that don't deserve it. My favorite thing is righteous confrontation. When someone's doing some bullshit and I get the chance to say, hey, fuck you, man. That's not fucking cool. I don't know why, but I love that feeling. Because so many times I feel like shit will come up and like you you walk away and you're like, fuck, I should have said something. Like, fucking asshole. I love being in the moment and just being like, yeah, fucking do something about it, you piece of shit. Mm-hmm. I, I like that stuff too, actually. That's my favorite. But I like knowing that I can do that. And people won't get, like, they won't take it so personally. No. <laughs> Which usually doesn't happen. People take things really personally. Yeah, see, I'm the kind of guy that would enjoy a bar fight when it comes around. Okay, so I was just near one. That was scary. Don't do that. Stabbing. I learned how to use super glue. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, stabbings, stabbings aren't advised. <laughs> no, that's what happens when you hang out in the ghetto of Denver. <laughs> you, were, you were stabbed? No, Denver my... has ghettos. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about it. <laughs> well, I was, I, oh God, I don't want to like put him on blast. Um, my ex that was at Cross Creek with me. Um, um, oh, my thing stopped working. Um, was in, he has a horrible, oh, it's fine. That's good. It? Nope. Not anymore. There you go. <laughs> we got um, a weird sh- uh, short in her, her cord. Oh guys. my God. I know. Jeez. I'm like the ghetto kid over here. No, it's okay. Um, <laughs> it happens. It happens. Um, my ex that was at Cross Creek with me when we hang out, sometimes he doesn't choose the best of people. Um, and so there was a stabbing that I had to super glue his hand. And yeah, All right. it was a mess, but. Well, it sounds like it's fun. Fine. That sounds like a good time. <laughs> Life skills. <laughs> yeah, it sounds exciting. It really wasn't. It was very scary. Hey, did anybody bloody. die? Did anybody die though? Um, no, just surgery. Cool. Sounds like a great time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just, mm-hmm. again, playing devil's advocate. <laughs> professional dick. I need some business cards. <laughs> Jeremy Luker, local dick. <laughs> you want me to make you feel bad about yourself? 
say some mean shit about your mom. This is why I keep him around. (laughs) I mean, I'm the one that didn't do the stabbing, so. Yeah, for sure. You know, I wouldn't do that. Never say never. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get like all Lorena Bobbitt on someone. Yeah, you just got here. Come on. We got a whole evening planned. I got a knife around here somewhere. (laughs) Oh my God. Scary, you guys. Stop. Just sleep with one eye open. Oh, geez. All right, guys. Well, we're actually about to approach 80 minutes. Um, I want to keep our, I want to start keeping our stuff uh, under about a buck 20 because of certain platforms not carrying more than that. I noticed Spotify is not, doesn't carry more than like a certain amount mm. um, as far as like data goes, depending on your KBPS rate. Um, enough with all the nerdy shit. I think we should wrap it up. I've cool. had a really fucking good conversation with you two. Yeah, it was and, fun. And I hope we have time to have another one tomorrow. It would be awesome before you go home. I would mm-hmm. like that. I like that idea. So where can people find this now? Is it gonna? Is are they approved? All yet? right. So so I need to do I need to do a, a, a little bit more looking. We're we're doing a, a bunch of waiting on most of our mm-hmm. our uh, directories that I've submitted towards. So right now we're still just on SoundCloud. But we've just submitted to Google Play, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, um, all of the big ones, uh, Spotify. So we're just really waiting on confirmation from those. And we should be on everything soon, pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts. And I'm going to be submitting to more directories this week. Um, I feel super happy that I finally got past that weird wall that I was behind. I was just spending so much time. I've been spending so much time on the band and on trying to book us gigs and doing this that like it just kept falling towards the wayside. And finally, like I just forced myself to sit down uh, the other day and hop on some Wi-Fi and make it happen. So it is in the works. We should be on all streaming services soon. Um, until then, you can listen to us on SoundCloud. You can see the live feed on Facebook. Soon we'll be able to edit this good audio onto the live feed. Um, we're just getting better and better as we get at this. And, uh, also please, if you are listening and you want to support us, go to our GoFundMe. We need so much more equipment. Um, right now I'm mixing all of our audio into one board without being able to. So later I'm not going to be able to, uh, apply the magic that I apply to our single tracks, um, uh, individually, you know what I mean? So EQs and compressors that I could put on each individual person's voice and tailored to their own voice. Uh, I'm not going to be able to do. I'm going to have to mix us all as one group because of the way this board works. So uh, we'd really love to get like a focus right with uh, four dedicated channels or more. So please go to our GoFundMe. Give us, you know, five bucks. You know what I mean? If you're enjoying it or if you went to a program or if you're listening for the first time. Um, and if not, you know, that's cool. Just keep listening to our podcast. Maybe share us, like us on, on our streaming services once we pop up there. It'd be great if you liked us on iTunes once we're up there. So those are the only things that I beg of our listening public. Thank you, everybody who's listening live right now. And also thank you, Rose, Thanks. for being here. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. Everyone say bye to Rose. <laughs> I think this solution is too drastic.